Hey, welcome to 49ers Friday, where we're going to talk Niners all day because you ain't got no job. You ain't got shit to do. <laughs> I'm Grant Cohn. That's Ryan Hensley. Uh, I was trying to think of a name for the show, and it's pretty lame, but I was thinking like, you know, back in the day on Cameo, they used to have like Westside Wednesdays. There you go. So I was thinking 49ers Fridays because we talk 49ers on the show, and it's Friday because I'm super That's creative. Good. It's perfect. Uh, Ryan's over COVID. He's back from Hawaii. He's ready to attack. This show with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Starting off with what RG3 tweeted this weekend. Hold on. Let me get real. Look at that. It's on the screen. Here's what he tweeted. If Trey Lance and the Niners get Debo Samuel to stay, watch out. All caps. Lance will take this offense to another level with his ability to push the ball downfield and extend plays with his legs. Debo Kittle, Ayuk Mitchell Gray, and Juszczyk. Man, he knows all the people on this team. Give Lance a lot. I like that. All the horsepower he needs. What do you think of this from RG3, who is a surprisingly good football analyst? Yeah, I think it's awesome. It's coming from him, being that he knows Kyle Shanahan. Mm -hmm. uh, He knows the offense. I think that gives him a special insight. And this tweet actually came after he interviewed. uh, He did an interview with Matt Mayoko. And if you guys haven't read that, you should should read it. a lot of cool information regarding Kyle Shanahan, some stuff that, uh, you know, it kind of makes sense based on what we know about Kyle Shanahan. Um, but he said things like, I guess there was a, a play once where uh, uh, RG3 scrambled. He didn't read the play correctly. He scrambled for a 74-yard touchdown. Uh, and the next day, Kyle Shanahan said, hey, you should have hit that out pattern and took the 10 yards and moved on to the next play which is super revealing. It kind of fits the form that we're used to with Kyle Shanahan. Um, RG3 went on to say that he just wants to, he wanted to control everything. And being that he drafted Trey Lance to him, that that shows that there's some kind of growth taking place with Kyle Shanahan. He said he's more comfortable with players like Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan, where he knows they're just going to do what he asks. They're not going to make uh, any plays off the cuff. Um, but that maybe now he recognizes that having a talented quarterback like RG3 or Trey Lance could be beneficial. Um, so hopefully that's the case. And as far as tweet, if Trey Lance can do, if he can be as good as, as Jimmy Garoppolo and then add um, the run game, you know, being able to avoid sacks, um, roll out, hit the play action passes, deep threat. I think he's, I think he's correct. Yeah. To me, like this, both Shanahan's Kyle and Mike have had this complex for, well, Mike going back 20 years because Mike won three Super Bowls, two as a head coach, but he's not going to make it in the Hall of Fame because no one gives him credit because he won with John Elway. Now, mm-hmm. even when he won, it was more of a Terrell Davis team. That's what Mike Shanahan would say. I mean, John Elway was old still. Everyone looks at those accomplishments as more of John Elway's accomplishments than Mike's. And I think ever since then, I could be wrong, but I feel like Mike and Kyle now, they've been looking for quarterbacks where they could take the credit. And Jimmy was perfect for that. It's like, oh, Jimmy put up good numbers. Jimmy won. Yeah, but it was really all Kyle. And that was the narrative for five years. And I think he likes that. I think he had that narrative in Atlanta. I mean, Matt Ryan was the MVP that year, but no one looked at Matt Ryan as the best quarterback in the league. It was a testament to Kyle. But he didn't win the Super Bowl. And he's never proven, neither coach has proven, Kyle or Mike, that their scheme is so great that they can take a fit, like a mid-quarterback the 15th best quarterback or the 20th best quarterback in the league and win a Super Bowl. I think they wanted to prove that. I think they failed. And I think Kyle, to his credit, before he turned 45, realized that he needs to adjust. 
Yeah, and RG3 mentioned that too. That a quarterback like Trey Lance um, can not only get you to the Super Bowl, but he has the potential uh, to help you win the Super Bowl, something that Kyle Shanahan has yet to do, getting there with Matt Ryan and Jimmy Garoppolo. True, but the thing is with Kyle, like to RG3's point, let's say Trey Lance passes up the 10-yard out, which is open, and extends the play, and something better happens. Well, Kyle didn't draw that up. That's not scheme. Who gets the credit for that? Trey. And I think Kyle and his dad have been the kind of coaches that want the credit, maybe to a fault. So hopefully Kyle's over that because the credit's going to come from picking Lance, developing Lance, empowering Lance. I mean, no one says Andy Reid's not that good because Mahomes is carrying him. Like, he developed Mahomes. He spotted Mahomes. He gets all the credit for Mahomes, even when Mahomes basically uh, – kills the play mid play and makes it his own. Who cares? That's what you want him to do. That's where the big plays come from. It's like, it's like Kyle saying to, to, a, to a quarterback, Hey man, I want you to go in there and take the contested layup and pass up the open three in transition. Like, mm, no, just let Steph Curry take the open three in transition and say, thanks for having Steph Curry. Yeah. And I think ego is particularly a problem with a lot of coaches in general at all levels. You see it in high school, you see it in college you definitely see it in the NFL, and you see it with Kyle Shanahan. I think the best coaches are the ones that can uh, put their ego aside. And I think, uh, you know, as Kyle matures, he's still relatively young. I don't know what he is. He my age or how, how old yeah. is he? He's 40. I think he's born in 79, so going on 43. Oh, so I'm born in 79 also. So, you know, I, I can definitely see him maturing. You know, I'm, I'm a lot more mature than I was 10, 20 years ago. So hopefully he's growing past that. But I think ego has definitely played a part in his uh, shortcomings as a coach. Yeah, I would say so. And I wonder, is this really a um, indication that he's gotten over his ego or did he want Mac Jones? And was there did the entire world say, no, you can't have Mac Jones? He's like, all right, fine, I'll go with Trey Lance. But this might take five years. I, I still he still hasn't really given the full vote of confidence to Trey Lance yet. So I still wonder. I think the whole world wonders where Kyle Shanahan's coming from with this. But the fact that RG3 is saying this. And he knows Kyle. I think some people might think, well, maybe talk to Kyle. I mean, the fact that he name dropped like seven people on the offense and one of them was Danny Gray, who's a third round pick. How would RG3 know who the hell Danny Gray is unless he talked to someone? So that's a good sign, I think. Yeah, you know, RG3 is a very smart, to me, he's a very smart analyst. He's also been a fan of uh, Trey Lance for a while. He's been speaking out positively on Trey Lance when other people were not. Uh, and I really, uh, I'm a big fan of RG3 as an analyst, even more so than when he was a player. I think he's very sharp. I think he's very sharp too. Last thing before we move on, he put out a list today of the five quarterbacks he would want to build a team around, which is a phenomenal concept. Uh, he put Lamar Jackson number one, which I wasn't expecting. Um, but you could argue that really, you know, he's been in the same freaking Greg Roman offense for three years. Look at Kaepernick's numbers. They consistently got yeah. worse. with Greg. Maybe it's Roman, man. Maybe he just has some tendencies that coaches figure out over time and he doesn't change enough. So I, maybe there's something to that. Although I take Mahomes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I definitely would not take Lamar Jackson as my number one quarterback to build around. And it's no knock on Lamar Jackson. The dude is super talented. He's a, he's a hell of an athlete. He has, he's got an arm. He throws better than people give him credit for. But the thing about him and, and, and Kaepernick, which I'm not so sure I'm going to break blame Roman um, as much Kaepernick and, and, uh, J Lamar Jackson have one thing in common is that they look to run yeah. uh, a lot more frequently than like uh, a Trey Lance yeah. or a Mahomes, whereas they use their their speed and their athleticism to avoid sacks and to extend plays. 
those guys look to take off and run. And if you know that that's what they're going to do, you can plan defenses around that. And so I think part of what happened with Kaepernick is um, they just kind of figured him out after, you know, two or three years. Um, and that's I what I feel like might be happening with Lamar. And to your point, you know, looking, using your legs to look to run, the byproduct of that is a lot of sacks. Like Lamar gets sacked a lot, or at least he did last year. Kaepernick got sacked a ton. And also, like, you running, I mean, sometimes you get big plays from that. Th- those two would have big chunk plays, but a lot of times it's 10 yards. Yeah, it's, it's a first down. It's good. But what you really want is to use your legs to extend the play to throw downfield. I mean, I've seen Russell yeah. Wilson do it for a year, for a decade. And all he had to do was be good enough in the pocket so that those four or five times when he would get out and throw deep, man, if he hit two of those, he won that, that week. And he often did. <laughs> against the Niners so to me like a Kaepernick didn't necessarily play that way Lamar doesn't necessarily play that way I think Lance does I think he yeah. wants to extend the play to throw and do you really want to build uh, a team nope. a franchise around a, a quarterback that is running so much I mean that's a nope. uh, formula for disaster and I really hope Kyle Shanahan turns that down like versus what we saw in Arizona with Trey Lance if Trey Lance is running that much that scares the hell out of me because who's up next Nate Sudfeld it's true. I mean, you're treating him like he's Lamar Jackson or Tim Tebow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I see him more as a Carson Wentz, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott type in the sense that, yeah, very, very mobile, very light on his feet, but looking to throw, looking yes, to that's... use his legs to throw. And that's the best way to be a, a quarterback, a mobile quarterback, in my opinion. Trey Lance is the future of this franchise. You have to protect him. You, they cannot be running him like they were in Arizona or with what they do in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I'm not signing up for that. No, what I like about Lance, and we'll move on, is, again, think about, forget the zone read. You can use that on the seven-yard line to get a touchdown once a game if you need it. But you're going to get a steady diet of play-action bootlegs. And when you get him out in the perimeter, he gets out there so fast. And he's looking for, even if it's not a bootleg, just escaping the pocket, moving to the perimeter. His first instinct is to throw the ball down the field big play action if it's not there the big play you can always scramble for 10 yards that's your check down and i think he has a good for a guy who hasn't played much football i think he's going to have a very good feel for that and that's the kind of quarterback i like and and one more thing about that with bootlegging the play action he's safer right especially with a a line that's a questionable line that we know nothing about yep get him the hell out of the pocket and i really feel i like talking football philosophy I really feel that you want to get your quarterback out of the pocket as much as possible. Unless of course you have Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, or Drew Brees. If you, and the reason those three are so great is because passing from the pocket is so hard and they actually made it an advantage to them. I think most, every other quarterback in the league, the advantage is defense because they can disguise their coverages when you're in the pocket, they can do blitzes, they can do stunts. I mean, there's so many different things they can do. Once the quarterback's out of the pocket, Forget zone coverage. Everyone plasters up. There's nothing you can really do to get funky with your pass rush. It's just chasing. At that point, it's just backyard football, and the defense is on their heels. And the longer the play goes, the more they're on their heels. So, yeah, I mean, Tom Brady, the fact that he can do what he he does without moving is why he's the greatest of his generation. But still, you can take a quarterback who's not a Hall of Famer like Jalen Hurts. You get him outside in the perimeter, big plays. Big, I yeah. want that because you, I mean, you, he's only one Tom Brady. If you don't have Tom Brady, what are you going to do? You're going to yeah. have Matt Ryan and pretend he's Tom Brady? No, he's going to get sacked a lot. No. Yeah, you're not moving outside the pocket, like to me, is it's kind of like what we saw in the NBA where they transitioned. Yeah. 
they, they spread the floor with the three the three ball the same damn thing yes right and now yeah. that's what's happening with the nfl with getting outside the pocket I right like for decades everyone thought in the nba you gotta get you gotta go score in the low post yeah. you gotta throw from the pocket well yeah i mean if you have kareem abdul jabbar he can do the sky hook yeah go to the low post but it's right. been proven mathematically in basketball that that's less efficient you actually want to take the three-point shots and i think they're going to figure out the same thing in in uh in football, that the average quarterback rating is higher when you get outside the pocket than when you're inside the pocket. I could be wrong about that, but I think that's going to bear itself out. All right, At least bigger on. plays happen. That's bigger for play. sure. No doubt. Yeah. Um, ESPN has been doing this series where they interview, poll, where they poll executives, coaches, players, and uh, Debo Samuel was ranked ninth among, amongst wide receivers. George Hill, number one among tight ends. What do you think? Uh, that's a tough one. I think it could be true. I think we'll know more after this year when we see him play with uh, Trey Lance. I think Jimmy Garoppolo kind of hindered George Kittle, um, and they've been relying on George Kittle to be more of a blocker. As far as blocking, I think he's definitely the best blocking tight end in the NFL. Um, as far as receiving, I think it's hard to tell. I mean, we've seen flashes from George Kittle where he's just the, the best player on the field. Mm-hmm. Um but I think we're going to see more of that when we see him play with Trey Lance um, as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo, where they relied more on the run game. And they're still going to rely on the run game. But I think we'll see all those off-the-cuff plays and George Kittle can get open and we'll be able to see him as more of a receiver. Um, I could definitely see him number one. I think there's only really two two people that can contend for number one, even though you got some young talent like Pitts. Um, but uh, – uh, the other tight end for Kansas City, uh, Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah. So Kelsey had Patrick Mahomes, right? George Kittle's had Jimmy Garoppolo. That's true. So it's really hard to to judge, but the fact that other players, coaches, and executives rank George Kittle so high, you know, that speaks speaks loudly. See, that's interesting. I was going to go to like they're overrating his run blocking, or not that they're overrating his run blocking. Run his run blocking is great, but they're just overrating run blocking in general. Like, okay, it's run blocking. I'll take the guy who scores 10 touchdowns a year because the thing with Kittle is 20 touchdowns in his career, which is crazy for a dominant tight end. Usually the dominant tight ends are guys that have like 60, 70, 80 touchdowns in their career. I mean, Vernon Davis wasn't even a great tight end, but he had hella touchdown catches. And that's just not the way Jimmy used them. Kyle used them. Maybe it's not George Kittle's fault. Also, he's been hurt a little bit the last two years and he hasn't eclipsed a thousand yards in two years. Still, um, what you say is a good point. He played with Jimmy and I, I don't think it's a coincidence that his best year ever, 2018, he was playing with Mullins, who is not a starting caliber quarterback, but he's different than Jimmy, who I also don't think is a starting caliber quarterback. I, maybe I'm wrong. Jimmy only throws in this very little area. We've talked about it a lot. Dude, Mullins had Mullins thought he was Brett Favre. Mullins really would throw the ball <laughs> down the field, and he was not yeah. shy about throwing to Kittle all the time. He would throw to Kittle down the field. With Jimmy, I mean, everything is Kittle. Catch this ball on the flat and break four, you know, four tackles. Mullins didn't use him that way. I don't. It'd be, it'd be very interesting to see if Lance can bring out that deep threat part of Kittle's game because with Jimmy, it's just you're a yak guy. And I yeah. thought actually he was he had a lot of speed when he was younger. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, Kittle definitely has talent. The other question is health. You know, he's yeah. he's been in the league for a minute. Uh, his health. If he can stay healthy, and if Trey Lance can, can be the quarterback that we think he can, I definitely think George Kittle can uh, easily. Uh, you know, jump back to the number one in everybody's eyes. Um, but Kelsey, I mean, Kelsey to me is a better route runner. He's, he's a better receiver um, from what we've seen so far. But again, it's tough because he had Patrick Mahomes. 
It's true. Still, though, I mean, he played with Alex Smith and he had thousand yard seasons. I mean, he's had six thousand yard seasons in a row. He had nine receiving touchdowns last year, 11 the year before that, five the year before that, 10 the year before that. I mean, he's just so consistent. And yeah, like George Kittle's a better run blocker, but really, how important is that? Like in this outside zone scheme that he's been in the last five years, I remember in the in the 90s, they were dominant with that. And their tight end was Shannon Sharp, who's like 230 pounds and was much more of a receiver. I mean, you can be good at running the ball in the outside zone, whether or not you got Kittle or not. And he's good at it. I'm not taking anything away, but I'll take the guy who scores touchdowns all the time. And maybe that's not his fault. I still, I'm not sure about that with Kittle. I'd like to see him with a different quarterback and maybe a different coach too, man. Kyle gets cute. Oh, you think I'm going to Kittle? You think I'm going to Julio in the right. end zone? No, I'm going right. to Muhammad too. Like he always does that. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah, or it's just like, just like, like, like a control against yeah. fantasy football players too. It's like, oh, you, you want me to feed your number one, first round pick? No, right. Backup running back getting the touchdown. <laughs> yeah, and when you think about George Kittle, he's kind of a Jimmy Garoppolo tight end, where it's it's yak. He's a yak yeah. guy, right? And it seems like they built this. They want yak guys um, around Jimmy Garoppolo. So we haven't really seen what he can do, you know, as a receiver. But like I said, I think uh, Kelsey is just um, just a natural, better route runner, receiver, tight end than Kittle. But you know. We'll have to see how it goes. Um, I think as far as Yak, George Kittle's better than, than Kelsey. As far as blocking, he's better. Um, so, you know, it's, it's it's a tough one. They're both good. I, you know, I, I take them both. But honestly, Kelsey might be a better receiver, receiving tight end for uh, Trey Lance than George Kittle. Uh, one thing I want to say about Kittle that's actually alarming to me and why I said the Niners should trade him this offseason, no one agreed. Um, in 2018 – he averaged 9.9 yards after the catch per reception. That's Debo stuff. That's ridiculous. Mm. 2019, 7.1. Still good, but down. 2020, 6.2. 2021, 6.3. And that's just, I mean, that's more in line with Travis Kelsey. Um, so I just wonder what's up with Kittle, man. He's getting to be almost 30. And to me, he's a little bit like Vernon in the sense that his game was built on strength and speed. Strength and speed. Not necessarily like size or uh hand-eye coordination in the red zone it was like vernon and usually around 30 that goes especially i mean with wide receivers tight ends too i want to see how much because i mean kelsey's like 33 still chugging along and he could probably do what he does until he's 35 or more i want to see what Kel what kittle can do but calling him the best tight end that's fine i'm cool with that i just understand how he could be number one and debo can be number nine even though Debo's clearly better than kittle like what that doesn't make any sense to me yeah, it depends on how they're ranking Debo. Uh, you know, if they're ranking him straight receiver. Oh, weapons? Yeah, it, you know, yeah. if they're ranking him straight receiver, number nine, it's not too out of reach, you know. Uh, but if they're including everything, his total package that he brings to the table, he should be higher than nine. Um, yeah, it'd be fun to see him do like an NFL execs poll of just offensive weapons because every all coaches talk about positionless football, right, and versatility, and the more you can do. So it shouldn't be a bad thing that – Debo can do multiple things, unlike Kittle. And I wonder in that respect where he'd be ranked, because I would probably put a one, me, offensive weapons. Or use check. Yeah, as a weapon. Yeah, use check's another guy that's been yeah. under, underutilized. I they need to get use check and kittle the ball more this year. And I'm looking forward to seeing this year. Hopefully, uh this can be a, a defining year for George Kittle uh under Trey Lance. We'll see. I think Trey Lance is gonna rely on Kittle a little bit more than than a lot of people are expecting, you know, George Kittle's kind of that guy on the offense that yeah. you can kind of turn to. So we'll see. It might be a big year for him.
it's crazy. Like the last few years, the Niners have arguably had one of the, I mean, they've had one of the best offensive skill groups in the league in Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, and Juszczyk. And yet the whole offense has to go through Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson Jr. Why? Because of Jimmy. Yeah. So maybe the same thing's going to be going this year because Trey's so inexperienced and they don't want to throw a lot. But eventually, it'd be nice to throw more because you have all these great receivers, theoretically. Well, that's the thing, man. We have <laughs> Kyle Shanahan, who's the offensive genius. Yeah. We have all these weapons, and the offense has never been top. As good as right? It's never been a top offense. No. So when is that going to happen from this offensive genius with all these weapons? And I'm hoping Trey Lance is, is the difference. I'm, yeah, it could be this year, although it'd be nice if they – Instead of spending $24 million on his backup, they spent it on his offensive line. But maybe they yeah. – <laughs> it's like, oh, when you get hurt, we have a really good backup for you. Why don't you just protect me? Right. All right. right. Um, speaking of the backup who's making all this money, Jimmy Garoppolo, it is July 15th, 2022, <laughs> and Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the 49ers. Do you think they're waiting for another quarterback to get injured, maybe in training camp, preseason, the regular season, before trading him? You know, Tony Romo actually brought that up, that uh, that's a possibility that maybe what they're trying to do. Uh, me, I'm just tired of it, uh, you know, but I could I could understand from if it goes into week one, I'm totally against this crap. If they're if they're waiting week one, week two for someone to get injured, I'm absolutely against this. But at this point, they're way beyond when they should have released or traded Jimmy. Um if they're just going to wait it out through training camp to see if another quarterback gets injured, I could see that possibly raising his value, um, creating a need for a team, and they could possibly um, get more that way. I know Tony Romo uh, brought that up. He's a smart guy, so maybe he's on to something there, and maybe that's what the Niners are thinking. But honestly, I'm just exhausted with the whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Um, so the sooner they trade him, really some the better for me. I hope it doesn't go that far. Uh, I was on with Dan Cilio last week who um, said he spoke to Donnie and then Donnie said he didn't talk to him and then everyone thought he was crazy. Uh, but he did call that Jimmy Garoppolo um, started throwing two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. uh, so he was right about that. Um, I don't know. Where isn't, I was that going what, with that. isn't that what they said that they're waiting for is for Jimmy to be thrown. Like once he's able to throw. We'll trade him and we'll be out of here. Isn't that what we've been hearing? Yes. But what, what, what Cilio said, which he has a lot of truth in his whatever he does, he said that John Lynch doesn't want to take the loss on this Jimmy thing. And I totally agree with him on this because John Lynch has taken big L's on trades, big ones. The DeForest Buckner trade, huge L. Unless Javon Kinlaw, you know, becomes a pro bowler soon. Uh, the D4 trade, massive L. And I think there's more. So this one was the big win. It was a big win for him. Not only did he get the win, but he got over on the Patriots. And now it's all slipping through his fingers. And it looks like they got over on him and he got a lemon. And if he, they trade him for a fifth or a sixth, it's admitting defeat. If they cut him, it's admitting defeat. And honestly, the right thing to do is to take the L and move on. That's the best thing for the franchise. Mm -hmm. But they should have done that months ago. I well, think if Trey Lance works out, then who cares if you lost on Jimmy, right? But I guess... Here we go. I think, about I ego think Lynch cares. I think Lynch cares. And I think part of the reason he cares is he's not 100% sold on Trey. I don't yeah. think Lynch wanted to replace Jimmy in the first place. I think Lynch really likes Jimmy. Mm. I think Kyle wanted to replace Jimmy. I think the Niners, two most important people, are not in lockstep on the quarterback position. And that's why it's so confusing what's going on here. That's what I think. You know, one thing you brought up, you brought up the Patriots and Jimmy. One thing I tweeted out, I don't know, it must have been eight months ago. 
I still think it's definitely possible if the 49ers release Jimmy Garoppolo that the Patriots snatch him up as a backup for Mac Jones. I could definitely, definitely see that happen. I know that's not related to this topic right here, but um, I just want to put it out there in the world in case it happens so I could see say I told you so. Yeah, I mean, if he gets if he gets cut, I think there would be teams that would be interested. I think the Seahawks might sign him to be their starter, which may yeah. be why the Niners feel a little uncomfortable because <laughs> they're home openers yeah. against Seattle this year. That's a lot of yeah. pressure. Hey, Trey, first start. Yeah this year in front of the fan go be jimmy please go be jimmy please. yeah and if you lose no. it's like defcon seven um oh, maybe that that's be, yeah. i think he's going to be on the team uh week one i think they're they've said it unless they're going to come back and be like we were just kidding they've said we're not cutting him and we are we have the space and the resources to have him on the team this year and if we have uh if he stays around that just means our quarterback room is better now they also said they want to trade him so i mean i think they're saying look he's on the block, if no team wants him now, we'll keep waiting because the, the trade deadline isn't until like midseason and quarterbacks get hurt. If, if he's on week one, don't they have to pay him his whole entire 20? They've already said they would. That is crazy to me. Because yeah, honestly, they, think about it. If they get rid of him beforehand, they're not going to spend that cap space on this team. They're just going to roll it over to next year, which is great. Rolling over cap space is great. But this team is this team. And it's either going to be this team with Jimmy or this team without Jimmy and Nate Sudfeld there. And I would rather have uh, the team without Jimmy because I think it's going to put way more, it's going to make it way more difficult for Trey having Jimmy yeah. breathing down his neck, having the whole organization be like, why is Jimmy here? Do we really believe in Trey? And then if Jimmy's there, everyone's going to be nitpicking everything Trey does. If Jimmy's not there, everyone's going to be all in with Trey because what choice do you have? Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think it's a bad, I think it's a bad decision. They're going to think we can, we can handle this. We have a very tight knit group. We handled it last year. This is the opposite. Yeah. I think the middle, middle part, it's a horrible decision to keep Jimmy. Uh, I will say that Jimmy is probably top three or four backups in the NFL. Yeah. So if they, you know, from that perspective, if Trey Lance was to get hurt and you did have Jimmy Garoppolo as a backup, that is a strong position to be in. But like you said, from the whole, just the mentality for Trey Lance, for the team in general, I think it's a mistake. I'd rather just, I, I think they should have signed a better backup, to be honest. And Jimmy should have been gone a long time ago. But I, I am a little nervous about, Nate Sutfeld being our quarterback if something was to happen to Trey Lance. I agree. What they should have done was cut Jimmy first thing, take the L, uh, sign Tyrod Taylor. Yes. Yeah. Cheaper. There you go. And then you can sign a center. You could have had a, a good backup quarterback and a starting center instead of a good backup quarterback and Jake Brendel. Yeah. And maybe Tyron Matthew. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I do think they're waiting for a quarterback to get injured. I do think John Lynch is too dug in. It's more about his wins and losses, his uh, scoreboard. And I think he feels like he's losing on his scoreboard, even though his team, which is crazy. He's got a good team. He's the general yeah. manager of this team. It just in the NFC championship game, but the, the trade thing is a doozy for him. And I don't think he's going to take, he's going to uh, accept defeat. He's too much. He's a hall of fame competitor, man. He's not going to yeah. take that. He's going to have to though. I, I don't see how you don't at this point. Right. Like how, how do you not, how do you, you're not going to get a third or a second or a first for, for Jimmy. So, you're going to take an L one way or the other. So let's just do it and Man, get it over with. If he cuts Jimmy Garoppolo right before the season, I'm going to roast. I like John Lynch, but, dude, you should have done that a month ago, man. And you know yeah. it. Yeah. And you're just admitting that I was right. right. Matthew Sanders says, bold prediction, passing game rank will exceed running game by the end of the year. Wide receiver core will score more TDs than running back core. Kyle is tired of it. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know if in the first year of Trey Lance it's going to be bombs away. That's why I was kind of – another reason I wanted him to play Trey last year so that this year it would be more like – a veteran quarterback as opposed to training wheels. Cause Kyle's very conservative. We saw how we 
called the game in his first start. It was like, I don't trust you to throw it all. Yeah. Run up the middle. Now it's like, hopefully Kyle's trust in Trey will actually build throughout the year so he can call games that we was calling for maybe, you know, the good quarterbacks yeah, I, he had in his career. Yeah, and I think we're going to talk about next, but I, I have some theories. And, uh, to, to yeah, let's talk about that right yeah. now. So they made this big move for Trey Lance last year, three first-round picks in the third. It was unprecedented. It was so aggressive. A lot of people assumed, man, they love this kid. They know more about him than us, Trey Lance, and he's going to start right away. Didn't happen. It was pretty clear from the moment training camp started that the plan was for Trey Lance to be the backup. Now, he was clearly better than Jimmy in, in camp, in my opinion. But Jimmy got 95% of the first uh, team reps, and you couldn't really compare them because Trey was going against backups on defense. Um, is it possible that Kyle never really gave Trey a shot last year because of his own timeline, his own stuff going on? I mean, think about it. If he had missed the playoffs last year, it would have been four to five years he'd missed the playoffs. I don't know any coach who can do that without being on the hot seat, no matter who your dad is or what your last name is or what they think of you. That's just unacceptable. So in a sense, he was sort of in a must win season. And it's kind of hard to ask a 21 year old quarterback to save your job. Is that what happened last year? Did, did Kyle ask Jimmy to save his job? I think that definitely played a part in his decision making, whether he was, you know, outwardly open about that within the staff, in his head, you know, as a coach, especially a coach with an ego, you're looking at your win-loss record constantly. And, uh, you know, right now, what is he? 39 to 48% winning percentage. So he's still below 500. Yeah. Before last season, what does that make him? 29 and 30, excuse me, what was his? Yeah, 29 and 35. 29 wins, 35 losses going into last season. I promise you that weighed heavy on his mind. And he knows that, you know, hey, with Jimmy, he's going to do what I ask. You know, we may not be able to win the Super Bowl. But we'll win more games than we lose. Yeah. Yeah. And with with, with Trey, it's an unknown. So I think that really played a part, whether he's willing to admit that to anybody or not. As as a head coach, especially a head coach with ego, you're looking at that win-loss percentage. You're looking at your job. You know, you've had one winning season up until last year. You had one winning season out of four. Now you have two out of five winning seasons. So I, I think it'd be naive to think that that didn't play a part. Yeah, I think, you know, if he had been a first-year coach, there'd be no excuse to play Jimmy Garoppolo last year. But yeah. the fact – you ha- and, like, I kept saying, man, it's better to get this these growing pains of Trey Lance out of the way in year one than to delay them to year two. Because what if Trey Lance looks like a guy who hasn't played football in two years this year? That's the Niners' fault. But the Niners – Kyle probably made the calculation like, yeah – that's true, but if I play Trey this year and we don't make the playoffs and we have a losing season, what if I get fired and then he's someone else's quarterback? I mean, I can't let that happen, right? Everyone has to be a survivalist to a certain degree. I'm not saying the Niners would have fired him, but he might have been on the hot seat. It would have been a whole different thing. So maybe yeah. he's like, look, I got to do what I got to do. And Jimmy, what was really funny is if they understood that, Jimmy understood that, Jimmy's like, hey, man, I saved your fucking job. And this is the thanks I get. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know if he would have been fired, but it's just from a coach with an ego is looking at that win loss percentage. Even if he felt comfortable, even if I had a bad season, I'm still going to have my job. He does not want to have that bad season. Uh, I don't think, I think he feels he's six more games under 500 entering the season. Like, do you want that gap to yeah. grow? Cause it might. Yeah. 
yeah, it might. It, yeah. Do you want us to grow or, or, or do I want to shrink that gap? And I, you know, I think that played a part in uh, this year. Now that it's a little closer to 500, still below 500, but now that it's a little closer, it maybe feels a little bit more comfortable throwing Trey Lance out there. See, I feel Jimmy's entered this class of quarterbacks. That's very um, distinct. Like no one really wants a Jimmy Garoppolo unless you're really desperate and your job is on the line. Right. It's like, he's like captain, save a coach. <laughs> Obviously you'd rather have a, a young co- quarterback with upside, but man, I'm going to get fired this year. If I don't do anything. So I got to bring in someone. Matt Ryan is in that category right now. Yeah. Over in Indianapolis, they are desperate. And they're like, Oh man, should we get yeah. a young quarterback? Who's got a future? Yeah. Do we have a future? Maybe not. Let's bring in Matt Ryan. Who's clearly declining, but uh, maybe he'll save our jobs. Captain, save a coach. Thank you. Right. That's Jimmy right now. And even everyone, everyone's like, I don't know if he can stay healthy long enough to, to save my job. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 That's how Jimmy is. He's, just, he's a safe play. And I think, you know, Kyle made a safe play. Is, I mean, the results are in. He's terrible in the playoffs. He's had six games. He's won four of them, but his numbers are abysmal. 74 quarterback rating in the playoffs and a 19 quarterback rating in the fourth quarter of the playoffs. Everyone knows you can't win a Super Bowl with him. But you could get to the playoffs with him, which will save you your job, you know, certain people. So I guess he appeals to those people. But, like, Pete Carroll's job isn't in jeopardy. What does he need Jimmy for? Right. People think about Matt Rule. But, frankly, he found a better captain save a coach in Baker Mayfield than Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah, if Shanahan had a winning record, I think he could have rolled the dice with Trey Lance a lot earlier. I think he probably would have. I agree. Brian Culp says Robbie G is ranked ninth overall kickers. Oh, the disrespect. (laughs) Yeah, I saw Trip Trip Williams ranked number one, of course, as well. I saw that that came out as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, hopefully, Trent Trent can block five guys this year. We'll see. It's funny how it took him into his mid thirties to really get all of his flowers when he probably was much better ten years ago. But he's on that crap organization in Washington, and people didn't care. But now they do because he's on a good team. It's funny how that goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris Soto seventeen says Jimmy is a winner. Twelve and nine last twenty one games. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And he's also tw- uh, 12 and 10 in his career when Debo Samuel has less than two carries. 12 and 10. Oh, since Debo's been on the team. Excuse me. He had that little run beforehand. 13 and two when Debo carries the ball at least twice. If that doesn't say that Debo is the, is the, the, the X factor on this, the, the star that the, the, the straw that stirs the drink, I don't know what does. Man, I really can't speak English today. I'll try better. <laughs> Moving on. Prediction time. Give me a surprise player who will do better than expected this year on the 49ers. All right. So I'll give you a one and a one. A. Obviously, I think for a lot of people, it's Trey Lance. He's going to prove a lot of people wrong. Now, that being said, I think there are, are I think people are either too down on Trey Lance or too high on him. Like they think he's either going to uh, be horrible or they think he's going to be the next player. great thing. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm a little worried about that because I, I think the pressure is really high for Trey Lance going into this year. You know, I expect him to have hiccups, to have growing pains. You know, I don't expect him to come out like Steve Young in the first year. Now he could. I feel like his ceiling is one of the highest we've ever seen from a 49ers quarterback, his potential. Uh, yes. Whether or not he'll reach that this year, I don't know. But the one I'm going to say I think you're going to disagree with, uh, I just really see something from Hufanga. I, I, I I really do, and I also think, I also think people, open-minded. You're open-minded. To, I'm open-minded. Yeah, yeah I am. Then I also think that, that that there's a lot of people that don't expect anything good from Hufanga. So 
because of those low expectations. Um, if he just does decent, he doesn't give up a ton of plays, um, he can do a lot better than expected. I think he can look like a starter this year for sure. Let me say why I'm optimistic, not optimistic, open-minded about Hafunga. So reason I was down on him is like fifth round DB who's slow. Yeah. No, thanks. But hold on. There's always examples of safeties corners who are, who've been fifth round DBs who've had great careers. One in uh, particular jumps out, Merton Hanks. Merton Hanks was a fifth round pick. He um, was not fast. He ran a four seven at the combine. And yeah. that guy was consistently intercepting four or five passes a year. He just could do it. And if you go back and look at him in college, he did it in college. Now, I wanted to look with Hafunga. Like, do you have this track record? Are you a playmaker? First couple years at USC, no. But the last year, during the pandemic, they played six games. He intercepted four passes. That's interesting. He did it once. And four picks in six games, that's a lot. So I'd like – he didn't pick off any passes last year, didn't play a lot last year. If he turns out to be that kind of guy, then he'll be a huge upgrade over Jaquaski Tart, who was solid, but – I mean, he couldn't catch a ball if there was no one around him, honestly. Yeah, I don't know no, how he made that one-handed catch against Carolina five years ago because he will forever be remembered by clanking that ball off his chest. He is the Bill Buckner of the 49ers. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. He yeah, is. I think so. I, you know, I feel bad for Tart a little bit because that, that you know, that loss is blamed on him so much. I mean, I can – name your favorite defensive back and I'll show you him dropping a pass, right? So it happens. It's just the timing of it, you know. And That's true. we could blame him that game, that loss on a lot of people on a 49 That's true. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo being – But you know the Niners is blaming on him also, Jimmy. Right, right. But as far as who followed him, when I watched him last year, the moments he got in, he seems like a home run hitter to me. Like – he, he's very like he's always in the right spot, maybe a step or two behind. And that could have something to do with his speed, but it also because the game was new to him. He's a rookie. Uh, I really think that this year the game's going to slow down for him a little bit and his instincts are going to be able to really put him in some good positions. Um, I think he's kind of a home run hitter, you know, like he, he may not have a high batting average. He may strike out a lot, but every now and then he's going to hit a home run. Uh, and I really, when I, it's something about him when I watch him, I think, he could surprise some people this year. I want to say one thing about him, and I I still remember this vividly. It was from training camp last year. He got a lot of reps with the starters. And I was thinking, you know, he's going to be this box safety linebacker. Nah. When on third down, when him and Tart, him and Ward are playing, Ward's in man-to-man -man coverage on the tight end if they're playing cover one. So that means that they actually have Hafunga playing single high, which you think, oh, he's not fast enough to do that. But what I saw him do playing single high was intercept Jimmy Garoppolo near the near the hash. He read the play, broke early, picked it off. I've never seen Tart do that in practice or war. So, I mean, it's just practice, but he did it in practice on an NFL field. He did it in college his last year. He might he might be that playmaker fifth round pick that you find uh, every once in a while. He, I'm not I'm not sure. He didn't do it in games last year, but he definitely has a chance. I see why the Niners are intrigued because frankly, Tart's never going to have that part of his game. He's 30. He's not a playmaker. Give Hafunga a chance. See what you got. And if it's not him, you can always draft someone else next year. Yeah. I, I think I think he could surprise some people. What who who is your player that, that you would pick for the surprise? Player? I'm st I'm staying on the defense. And I think I have more confidence in this guy than I do in Hafunga, although he may not play as much as Hafunga. I'm going out on the limb. Komoko Toure. Just looking at him in, in minicamp, he looks like he's in phenomenal shape. Like, you know how Samson Ebukam's in phenomenal shape? Yeah. He looks like a real NFL player. So does Toure. And looking at Drake Jackson, 
he looks like a college player. He'll get there probably, but he just looks like he has 20 pounds that doesn't need to be there. And he's like kind of in between body types right now. And he's figuring he's 21. Mm -hmm. Teray looks like he's in the prime of his career right now. Super twitched up, 255 pounds. A lot like the body type I grew accustomed to seeing with D Ford. And I think that's what they're trying to find. It's not Ebukam. Ebukam is the base run defender. He's great at that. But on third and seven, I think you'd like someone with a little bit more bend, a little bit more finesse, a few more moves, some counters. I think it's going to be Toure this year, maybe Drake Jackson in the future. He just looks like he's in way better shape right now than Drake Jackson. I think he could end up having six, seven, eight sacks, Toure. So you see him as like a third down pass rusher. Yes. I think that's how they use him. Okay. Yes. So he I might he might be one of those, with Ebucom, Yes. He might be one of those players that balls out this year that we lose next year because absolutely a, the yeah. Kerry Hyder Arden Key guy. Yes. That's yeah. right. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't you know I didn't I haven't been able to go to any of the, the practices or anything like that. So I, you know I'll take your word for it, obviously. But uh, I look forward to watching them play. Uh, the Niners D line is kind of there's two kind of DN. DN. There's like the guy who's like 250, but he wants you to show how like shredded he is. So he has like short shorts on and he's showing his midriff. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's Bosa. Well, that's yeah. Toure. Then you yeah. got the guys who are in like long sleeve shirts. You know what right. I'm saying? That's, that's Drake Jackson. <laughs> Not a finished product. Don't <laughs> right. see me in three months. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, okay, yeah. for sure. You're, that's what a lot of, that's what most rookies look like, frankly. The ones that don't, you're like, where did you come from? And that was both like, damn, dude, you look like you're 30 years old. Where did you come from? Oh, you've been lifting like this since you were nine. Oh, okay. Um, that's not Drake well, Jackson at all. What's well, exciting if Teray can be that because I don't think a lot of people are expecting him. Like, you know, that's why he's your surprise player. And they're already ranking the Niners D-line really high. And so if Teray steps up and becomes a factor, they're going to be even more dangerous, which is crazy to even. He looks like consider. he has that explosion, the first step quickness, the get off. I mean – if he can't stop the run, who cares? Neither did D Ford. That's what you have Ebucom for. And frankly, Ebucom's phenomenal at that stuff for a guy who's only 250 pounds. I talked yeah. to Robert Stahl about Ebucom back when the Rams were in the Super Bowl the first time when they lost before the game. He was telling me, he didn't even know his name. He's like, 50. 50 on that defense is good. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he's really good. Yeah. Ebucom, like the Niners knew about him for a long time. And it, any team that wants to run the ball is eternally frustrated by that guy because he's way better at stopping the run than you would expect a guy built like that to be Who, who's better in your opinion i always want to ask you this uh alden smith or bosa i mean it's bosa because Alden's. i mean he, bosa's a real pro alden never was right i mean yeah. alden's career was falling apart at 23 years old that yeah. being said alden was more gifted much more gifted like alden had all this the power and speed that bosa had plus length that bosa doesn't have it's arms yeah. Three inches longer, but yeah. I mean, Bosa had this whole support system around him, and so I, obviously you'd rather invest in Bosa than Alden, knowing that. But Alden was the most gifted pass Ed rusher I've ever seen on the Niners that I've covered. It wasn't even close. I'll never forget the first training camp practice I ever covered, ever. 2011. They didn't have many camp that year. It was the lockout year. They do one on ones. First of all, they do. They start off with the the, the drills, the positional drills. And Alden Smith is transitioning from D end in college to linebacker, three, four linebacker. And he's doing the, like the stacking and shedding and he's not, it's not his thing. And Fangio's having to show him how to do it. And Paris Harrelson is showing how, having to show him how to do it. And I'm 23 thinking this guy's going to be a bust. Not realizing like, this is just, who cares? Let's see him rush the quarterback. 15 minutes yeah. later, he goes one-on-one -on -one against Joe Staley. And I could see the panic in Joe's eyes. Like I, I can't get my hands on this guy.
he's 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 control he's beating me to the punch and controlling me he's got longer arms than me and he's stronger than me and i just ne- he was panicked and he was kicking alden smith actually alden smith was kicking his ass so sorry i'd have to say yeah alden was the best yeah so fortunately there's a long list of highly talented athletes at all levels high school college nfl who just never reached their potential because of the mental part of it you know it's more than just being an athletic you know you have to have that that work ethic like you said you have to be a pro um and so fortunate because Alden smith was a freak yeah and it was too bad too like for whatever reason i think it's a little racial but i think he never got the full credit it was like well justin smith's doing all the work yeah justin smith's good too but when when uh nick bosa was getting all those sacks rookie his rookie year no one was like well deforest buckner's doing all the work like this is not yeah. true so i think it's a little bit of like you know that's sort of revisionist history on alden smith like he had he was like lt the first two years of his career i mean he was breaking records and everyone's like well that's yeah. justin smith shut up how yeah. many defensive ends had justin smith played with in his career that didn't put up anything like those numbers go back right. and watch alden smith in 2012 I think he finished that year with a shoulder injury and didn't do much in the Super Bowl. But the first freaking 16 weeks of that season, he was maybe the best player in football. Maybe. Yeah. 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 He really was. Is he, is he even playing? I know he signed with the Raiders last year. He's done. To me, he was terrible on the Raiders. I mean, when he was on the Niners, he had all these different moves. He had finesse. He had shake and stuff on the Raiders. He would just bull rush, bull rush, straight into the guys. Like, what happened to you, man? Yeah. You know that scene in the end of Jack, uh, Jackie Brown where, Samuel Jackson's turned into Robert De Niro right before he kills him. And he's like, what the hell happened to you, man? Your ass used to be beautiful. What happened <laughs> yeah. to you, man? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Jackie Brown is one of my under it's to me, it's my favorite uh Quentin Tarantino movie. It's not his most iconic. Pulp fiction is, followed by Reservoir Dogs, and I guess Kill Bill too. But there's something very um, I don't know. I like Jackie Brown. Maybe it's Pam, maybe it's just Pam Greer. I like Pam Greer. She's Pam Greer. Yeah. She hell is, yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, moving on. Last topic. If the Niners do not extend Debo Samuel this offseason, will his value increase or decrease? That's a tough one. Uh, I think his role is going to change with Trey Lance's quarterback, and maybe that's what he's unhappy about. I don't see him running as much. Um, I think Trey Lance is going to pass – to other people besides Debo. It seems like Jimmy just was kind of locked in um, on Debo. Uh, you know, it's tough. It really depends. I think if Trey Lance, I think Ayuk's going to have a big year. I think Kittle's going to have a bigger year. Um, I could really see Debo not having a statistical year, uh, matching his last year statistically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another year, the dollars go up. So it's tough. And also, you know, he's going to have to stay healthy. But I think the way they're going to use him is going to work in his favor as far as staying healthy. Uh, I don't think I'll have as many rushing yards or as many rushing touchdowns. Uh, I could see his passing numbers decrease a little bit also, to be honest, because I think Kittle and Ayuk are going to um, get some of those passes. So uh, it's really tough. I'm not sure how it's going to work in his favor. And if they don't extend him, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. What do you think? I look at it a different way. I have questions with, with Debo too. I do think he was an MVP candidate last year, but 2020 wasn't that long ago. I mean, from what I understand, he reported to the team at like two, wearing 230. He came in at like 15 pounds overweight. They freaked out. And so when he like broke his foot and pulled things, I mean, why? I mean, I think it was all a, a, um, 
byproduct of him being overweight. And I think they're worried about that. His motivation, his all that stuff. Um, so he was motivated last year. He was great. Why not make him do it again? Like if he, if you don't extend him this year, what's he going to do? Hold out? He wants money. He's going to play. And if he, you know, dogs it, then that's, that'll decrease his value. And he won't get the money he thinks he, that he deserves. So if you just be like, Hey man, why don't you just do it one more time? He, he might, he might hate you, but even yeah. if he hates you and he has a, another all pro, pro speed, an all pro, another all pro season in spite of you, you can tag him next year. Can't go anywhere. What, what would you do if you're, if you're John Lynch, would you extend him? I think what I might do is cold, but you might just present him with a low ball offer. If you want to sign, if, if money is that important to you, getting money right now is that important to you, here's what we're offering. And the reason we're not offering what you want is because of 2020 and we want to see you do it two times in a row. Um, sorry. And that's the way it is. And you can you can sit out and you're never going to make the money you want or you can come back and do it again. And then we'll give you, you know, all all what you want and more at that point. And couldn't, couldn't they even franchise tag him? In yes. I mean, that's what yeah. Washington essentially did with Kirk Cousins. Hey, man, we like you, but we'd like to get a little more evidence, data, before we give you a ton of money. And yeah. that's, I mean, eventually it ruined the relationship and he left on principle and got his money elsewhere. But, dude, they franchise tagged him multiple times. The, the Niners can do that, too. And if, if Debo is asking for, you know, the moon right now, maybe they'll be like, well, we can give him that down the line. What's the rush? Oh, just so he's happy? He was happy in 2020. When he's happy, yeah. he's 230 pounds. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. maybe he should yeah. be frustrated. Maybe that's in the best interest. I, I could see them think, but honestly, the way they do business is make everyone happy, reward you. You had one good year. Here's here's fifty million dollars. You had one good year. Here's hundred million. They're just very much a family over there in Santa Clara. I don't know. <laughs> As a GM, I'm not paying anybody. I don't need to. I, I know that's probably not popular, but like honestly, how many how many big big huge contracts have worked out? I mean, besides maybe a quarter, especially for the Niners. Yeah. Especially for yeah. the Niners. Every time they extend someone, it's like, well, they had a reg they regress. Fred Warner last year. Oh, he wasn't quite himself. Yeah. I don't know. It happens a lot in football. It tends to happen. Kittle hasn't quite been himself since he signed that extension. Maybe it's football. Yeah. I mean, I are know. you really the same person with 50, $100 million in your bank account? I don't have that know? experience. I can't tell you. But <laughs> all I know is that it yeah. looks like Belichick thinks you're not. Yeah. And a lot of times he likes to work with the people who are on the come up. Than the people who have made it, you know what I mean. So in that regard, not extending Debo this year would motivate him to play even better. I mean, the thought crossed my mind because look, if he were a first round pick and he'd had this huge signing bonus and he had some, let's say, fuck you money, he could do something like that. But he doesn't. And if he yeah. missed the whole year, then the Niners would have him under contract again next year. I know yeah. it's kind of messed up, and that maybe the players should have more um, control over their careers. But I think the Niners got him here. I think yeah. they have the leverage and there's no reason to just make him happy. If you have legitimate questions, if you have legitimate questions and you really feel that you need to see more from him, then wait. And you can, unless you think yeah. that it's just going to do irreparable damage to the relation to the relationship. But I don't think it really will. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it, whether the fans like it or not, it is a business. And if you're a GM, your, your goal is to make that team the best that you can. So if extending Debo doesn't do that, why would you? You, know? you tag him three years in a row. Is that more expensive than whatever he wants right now? Probably not. And if so, then like, yeah. what's the then what's the rush? 
right. just to make him happy. Right. It's a business. Yeah. It is a business, whether fans like to hear that or not. It's a business at the end of the day. The players are going to make the best decision for themselves. The GM and the Niners have to make the best decision for the, for the team. They Thank you. Your job is to make the best decision for the team. With Debo, you could argue that's paying him next year. Same thing with Bosa. Yep. Same thing with Bosa. That dude hasn't had two healthy seasons in a row, maybe ever in his life. And you know what? I think they're going to wait on Bosa too. That, there's no, they picked up his fifth year option. I mean, he's not in a, a lame duck season. He's going to be on right. this team in 2024. So what's the wait? Yeah. I know the price tag goes up, but that's the price of getting information. You're paying for information. Yeah. It's worth it. Right. And then you got this draft and next draft and next free agency and this free agency to see if you can find somebody that can take. Debo's minutes and maybe you don't have to pay him a hundred million dollars to to play for you I you know I think there are like Bill Belichick I really like the way he manages his team is you can find cheaper younger players I hate I know that fans are gonna be pissed off about that I love Debo I think he's super talented guy but if from a GM perspective I'm not paying people more than I need to ever yeah right and for Debo I mean I still think he has a lot to prove um not just his weight, but recovery. The way he plays, he seems to have the, a lot of moments in games where he goes down and he's in a lot of pain and then he comes back. Like, how many games can you play this year? Can you do another mostly full season again? Or are you the guy who pulls his hamstring? I, I don't know. I think I, I still think just because he did it this year doesn't necessarily mean he's going to do it the next six years in a row. The way yeah. that Travis Kelsey does or Tyreek Hill has. So I think it's fair for the Niners to be like, man, we love you, but we didn't love you last year. We were really down on you last year. And you totally exceeded our expectations for this year. But it wasn't that long ago that we were like, man, what is up with Debo? Do we need to trade him? Like, yeah. Are we even going to give him a second contract? What the hell was that last year? Man, you're a pro. Okay. Yeah. When, you, when, you, when you're focused, you're the best. Wonderful. So which version of you are we going to get in 2022? And is his role as important now that Trey Lance is the quarterback? That's the other Good thing. question. I mean, the Niners needed that Raheem Mostert, Debo Samuel, home run hitter running back because they didn't have it at quarterback. If you, they, you're going to get explosive plays, you're going to it's going to be from your running game and your slants that go for big, big, big yards after the catch. Now, I mean, they're going to be spreading the field, as they say. Yeah. So many questions this year. That's what's exciting. That's why I'm really excited about this season. To me, Debo should just stop worrying about this whole transition because he is pigeonholed as a gadget player. I think even by the people, in, he was ranked ninth among wide receivers after being all pro. That's a slap in your face, Debo. You know why? Because the book on you is, man, route runner, hands after the catch. That's phenomenal. But that's only like one third of the job of a wide receiver. Man, with Trey, you're going to show people that you can get open down the field, that you can make catches down the field. Jimmy's not going to give you that chance. And your reputation, that would keep you out of the Hall of Fame. You, you have a Hall of Fame level talent, Debo. But Jimmy was always going to mask it. Trey actually can un un unleash it. Man, English is escaping me today. <laughs> it's Friday. It's hard. Yeah, I need to yeah. stimulate my mind. <laughs> right. You got oh, shit else to do. Zeke says, how would this offseason have looked if the Niners won the Super Bowl? Pretty similar. I mean, they didn't yeah. do much. Trey would be the backup quarterback right now. Oh, that's there's that. Yeah. There's that. Would they have actually gotten a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? Would someone wanted him, or would people have still been like, 
There's Man. no way they're trade. They're, no, they they would not trade him if they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, we'd be here for the next three years. Hey, good thing Bowl. they didn't win the Super Bowl then, huh? Silver yes. Lines. <laughs> that was actually. It's weird. It's like a mixed feeling. Like I want, I want my Niners to win the Super Bowl, but I'm like, what if we, what if we squeeze out a Super Bowl with Jimmy and now we're the next, in spite of Jimmy, we'll never yeah. get to see Trey Lance play on yeah, the Niners. Yeah. yeah. So I guess God's a Niners fan, <laughs> right? <laughs> Great fan, Ryan. Yeah, thank you very much. I really enjoy doing these shows with you, man. Yeah, my pleasure, man. I look forward to to doing more. 49ers Fridays. Thanks for watching, everyone. Have a great early weekend.